0: Welcome to Loyalty and Blood, a Vampire Academy podcast where we will be talking about the new Vampire Academy show on Beacock, as well as covering some of the books. I'm Caitlin. And I
1: am Mandy. the Vampire Academy book today, chapters one through eight. And just a note here up top, if you have not read the books before and you're going on to watch the show and don't want to be spoiled, maybe save these episodes until after the show because we are going to spoil the show by talking about the book. As far as we know, we don't know what changes they've made. That's true. But I assume the broad strokes are going to be the same. True. Although you know what they say about people who assume. So who knows? Yes. Regardless. We're talking about the book today,
0: yay! Chapters one through eight, and then our next two episodes will be the rest of the chapters split into eight chapter chunks because it divided that way easy uh, nicely. It did. Twenty-four chapters, eight, eight, and eight. Let's go! Yeah, right. So we start off with our main characters, Rose and Lissa, uh, hiding out on a college campus in, in Portland, even though they are no in high school in high school. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Alyssa has a nightmare, but Rose feels it or something. It was very strange. Mm -hmm. Rose, I guess, has a nightmare because it's all told from her point of view, but she knows it's not her nightmare. It's Lissa's nightmare. Yeah. So almost right away, we're like, something is up here. But then very quickly, um, they wake up. Lissa drinks Rose's blood because, surprise, surprise, vampires. (laughs) in a book called vampire academy who knew i know i'm shocked um and then very quickly after that there's people outside looking for them and they are apparently on the run they try to get away but oh no they're going to be taken back to the vampire academy and thus we get to the name of the book the academy has an actual name i did not write it down though
1: i think isn't it like St. Vladimir's Academy or something like that?
0: Yeah, that sounds right. I was going to say Dragomir, and I don't know where I got that.
1: Well, I mean, that's Lissa's last name, so. Oh, okay, yes, you're right. But I think it's St. Vladimir's, but they just call it the Academy throughout yeah. the entire book, probably the whole series. So yeah, it's a very interesting start to a book. We have two girls who have been on the run for two years trying to finish their senior year of high school, which means they've been on the run since they were sophomores, which for non I I don't know how the... Grades are done in Canada, where you are, Caitlin. But in the U.S., that means these girls were 14 or 15 when they left. Yeah, that's right. And they've been on the run for two years by themselves, which is bonkers to me. But it also took like 12 guardians to get them and take them home. Well,
0: I mean, there was 12 guardians there, but like the one in the coat took Rose out. While Lissa just sort of stood there and watched.
1: That's true. That's what Lissa does. I mean, but also to be fair, Rose was weak because she had just allowed Lissa to feed on her. This is true. But as we shortly find out, it wouldn't have mattered if she had been at full strength.
0: No. Do we learn this guy's name here? I don't know. His name is Dmitry Belikov. And um, we can assume from his high billing in the cast of the show, a main character. Yes. Even though... He doesn't come across that way this first time that you meet him.
1: No, but he um, he shows up a lot in these first eight chapters, though. So it, you you learn pretty quickly that he's sticking around. Yes. Um, and then they're
0: taken back to high school. And when I was writing up these notes, I did suddenly remember all the other like vampires in high school books and novels. And uh, I said novels, I meant graphic novels. Um, just every, this was like an obsession uh-huh. in the early 2000s. It happened so much. But like before then, it was all like Anne Rice vampires and that type of thing. Like adult vampires having lots of sex. And I'm just intrigued about this like
1: switch that we had in the 2000s. Somebody figured out there was an untapped audience with which they could make lots of money. I guess. But like, even in I the mean, 90s. It worked. You remember Twilight, right? No, I, mean, I do. in the yes. 90s. I mean, Mm -hmm. we had Buffy, right? So Buffy ran from 1997 to 2003. Right, but the vampires weren't in high school. That's fair. Um, I'm trying to think. But that that did start, like, the vampire kind of obsession with young adult folks, I think. And so maybe they were just trying to write young adult books that would be relatable to teenage girls. Well,
0: I was going to say, there were young adult books in the 90s about vampires. But the vampires were not teenagers. They were adults. Oh. Like Christopher Pike um, wrote his vampire series in the 90s and that vampire was like 5,000 years old.
1: That's true. That's true. I think I made up that number
0: 5,000. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Trying to think. The Vampire Diaries, they were in high school. They weren't always in high school. Right. Those books came out in the 90s. I never read them. Yeah. So I don't know. The books were fantastic. The show, I can't watch. So. Because it's so
0: different. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But the books I love, I have all of them on my shelf. Well, until they started when L.J. Smith stopped writing them because they ended up becoming the intellectual property of the publisher. Right. Yeah. And they had somebody else write them, but still use her name. Like the books changed drastically. So I stopped reading them at that point. But the original ones I have and I love.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad that doesn't really happen anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of vampires in high school... I want to talk about the class schedules that these two girls have. Okay. Because <laughs> this does not look anything like my class schedule when I was in high school. No, I don't think they had a math class. And... They, no, they did. They did. Oh, okay, great. They both had, um, so they had uh, senior language arts mm-hmm. and uh, animal behavior and physiology, mm-hmm. Slavic art, mm-hmm. um, and then Rose had precalc and... Lissa was in calculus. Oh, okay. So they did have a real math class. But then they also had things like um, Rose has advanced guardian combat techniques, bodyguard theory, and personal protection three, weight training and conditioning, Moroy culture four. Don't know why it's a four. Because they're in their senior
0: year, so it would have been one, two, three, four.
1: I guess that makes sense. But then you go back to Lissa's schedule and her schedule is a little bit closer to what I would expect because she has things like American colonial literature, Russian too, ancient poetry. And then she has a little thing called basics of elemental control. Yeah. So I love that they take Marori culture because that's like,
0: like, I'm sorry, did you take classes called American culture or were you just a part of the fucking culture? Right. Like, why yeah, would you I, I mean, to I took learn American history, your... but not culture that just seemed i maybe that's what it is and they just called it that but mm, maybe, i don't know yeah. that seems so strange like please i will teach you your own culture okay great that'll be an easy test yeah
1: but i think it's interesting that the dompires only need to learn math and like basic language arts and then all this combat stuff while the moroy students get to learn ancient poetry and literature and yeah. another language They're much more well-rounded. Something that I think Rochelle Mead does really, really well in this book,
0: especially from Rose's point of view, is tell us how poorly the Dampiers are treated. Yes. But not make it a thing because Rose likes it this way or she's been conditioned to like it this way. Like they're not educated as well. They're not. Mm -hmm. We see in a later chapter, um, I think it was chapter seven or eight, Rose talks or they talk about two guardians that ran away together to get married Mm -hmm. and everybody is like, what the fuck is up with them? That's so stupid. Even Rose, even in Dampier, is down on these people who just want to be happy together. Like, it's yeah. really interesting.
1: I was actually, I was going to bring up that, that scene specifically because Rose specifically, like, she's fighting this dichotomy in herself because yeah. she specifically says that she's usually down for anybody who fights the system. Mm-hmm. But then she said, but these two guardians are fighting my system, the system I believe to my core that's right. Yeah. And so it bothers her, but I think she recognizes that juxtaposition. But mm-hmm. they don't at this point. I mean, she keep in mind, she's a 16, 17 year old girl who's not, you know, she's been on her own for the last two years. She so has she to be seventeen. Have anybody. For she's seventeen
0: here. She has to be for like fucking legal reasons. She just has to be seventeen.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> um, I think she she hasn't been mentored, right? She hasn't had a lot of people to help her kind of come into her own and to help her navigate some of this stuff. And so it's interesting that Rochelle Mead drops that line in there, mm-hmm. but then doesn't do anything with it yet. Presumably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I also think that that is an interesting choice of hers to make Rose the main character and not Lissa, mm-hmm. because I feel like it would be really easy to make Lissa the
1: main character. It would be a less interesting story.
0: Maybe. Um, I don't want to say one or the other, but telling the point of view from, like, the person who's training to be that, like, silent guardian in the background for the royal, Mm -hmm. I I think that that is an interesting choice. Yeah. Because it's not someone you generally think of as the main
1: character. When you put it that way, you're right. Yeah. I just think we like an underdog story. True. And Rose does not believe she is the underdog in this story at all. No. But she is. (laughs) Right. We we see that in these chapters. She's behind in everything. She gets her ass handed to her at every turn. And so hopefully we're going to see her grow a little more.
0: It's also impossible to picture her as a silent guardian in the back because she has no control over herself. If somebody says something, she's going to say something back. Yeah, absolutely.
1: She She cannot bite her
0: tongue. Yeah. I mean, she tries, but it doesn't it doesn't stick around for a long time. Yeah. And more to that, because of the running away thing, when they come back, like, Lissa is welcomed back. Like, thank God you're safe. Yay, we're so glad to see you again. And Rose is almost expelled. Right. It it's, makes me so angry. I don't why? understand how Rose isn't angry.
1: I mean, she was, but she cares more about Lissa than herself. And she, so she wasn't thinking about it in those terms. But
0: she's not angry at the system.
1: Oh, that's true. Because, you it, know. again, it's her system. Yeah. So... We did get a lot of, you know, these these chapters are introductory, so we do get a lot of exposition about the society and the yeah. culture. Um, we learn what Dompiers are, where they came from, um, why Dompiers became guardians in the first place, because mm-hmm. Dompiers were created. I know we covered this a little bit last week, um, just in general as an introduction to the series, but mm-hmm. Dompiers were created when Maroy mated with humans and it generated a baby that was neither human nor vampire right it generated a baby it generated a baby yes <laughs> generated okay, a baby Okay, we're
0: sticking with that
1: <laughs> and through genetics in ways that i don't understand or how they work biology dompiers cannot procreate with other dompiers or with humans they can only procreate with other with moroy right
0: i mean i don't think Rochelle Mead understands the genetics. I think this was just a, this is how my society works things. Yes, oh, biology. Yes.
1: <laughs> biology is not a real thing here. This is just yeah. what happens. So that kind of inextricably links the Moroy and the Dampiers, which made Dampiers ready and willing to be the guardians to survive the to ensure the survival of the Moroy so that there could continue to be more Dampiers born. Yeah. Um so that's interesting. And then um, I know, I don't remember if we had this question last week when we were talking or if this is something that came up when I was talking to my husband, um, but we were talking about Maroi versus the Stragoy and whether or not um, the Maroi were mortal or immortal. The Maroi are mortal. Right. I couldn't remember when I had that conversation, whether that was with you on this podcast or with my husband, I don't know. I don't think that was on the podcast <laughs> or with me. Okay. Um, but in these chapters, it very clearly does spell out that Maroi are born and mortal and Stragoy are made and immortal. Yes. So it's like there's just a dichotomy set up all over this book. So there's three
0: levels of vampire, <laughs> immortal and evil, mortal and kind of useless. <laughs> More human than not and less useless.
1: <laughs> there we go. There we go. Absolutely.
0: Although the Maroi have magic, which we also kind of go into. They have like elemental magic and seem kind of uh, foo-foo about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can control a fire, but I will never, ever hurt anyone with it.
1: Right? This they don't use one, spells yeah. offensively. It's like, let's heal the earth. It's very... You said "frou frou," which is better than the word I was going to use, so I'll I'll stick with that one. Um, like I don't know. It seems I I enjoy it as a part of the story, but in
0: a world where they're always worried about being attacked, it just seems like it would not happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can I guess I can see where it would happen in the school, but I would expect the adults to use it. Maybe I guess we don't really know much about the adults. And I
0: genuinely don't remember if like because there are books that are outside of the high school later on. Mm -hmm. And I I genuinely don't remember if they find out that like, yeah, no, people have been using these
1: because we're not stupid. (laughs) I don't remember. Um, I I didn't want to read further in the series because I didn't want to color our conversations here with future books. So
0: I am. So here's here's a a confession, I suppose. My favorite character is probably not going to be in season one. And mm-hmm. this character is my favorite character, mostly because of the sequel series. Like, I like this character in this series, but in the sequel series, I love them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and I know the sequel series is not going to get made. Like, that's into this show. That's not happening because that's right. 12 books, right? So every single time that we talk about this, it's a- difficult for me not to be like, but it could have been them. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> yep. But it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Maybe they will, like, make some adaptation choices so that character gets a happy ending. Who knows? Who knows?
1: Who knows? Um, We do, however, meet a lot of people in these eight chapters.
0: And as we meet them, we're introduced into a bit of a mystery. So it's kind of like, here's our list of suspects. Right? So good. I love good mystery when is like just only so many people around yep (laughs) so the other students at least the ones that uh, rose and lissa talked to are mason aaron mia natalie christian although again top billing on the show for that one and Mm jesse i don't think i missed anyone no one really important
1: yeah i think that that counts as all of the named people who have like actual dialogue that are students
0: of all of them i think only mason is a Dampier and the rest are Maroi. Oh, shit! You are
1: right. Yeah, that's interesting since we do spend so much time in Rose's perspective. Yeah, but because she spends all of her time with Lissa, that's who they hang around.
0: And thinking about Lissa and worrying about Lissa yeah. and like why wasn't the romance between them? Oh, anyways, doesn't matter. Um, There's also okay. We do
1: meet Eddie. Oh yes, okay, Eddie. Yes, Eddie is another Dampier. I missed um, it. We spend more time with Mason. We do. Um, but yeah, these are all high school students. You know, I mean, we already talked about Dimitri. And then there's the headmistress. And, and uh, Victor. her uncle, Victor, yes. Yeah. Um, we meet Miss Carp. You know, we see teachers. Miss Carp was a former teacher. And we see her in a flashback from Rose. And we get Stan being all rude to her and...
0: and uh we meet the priest oh we do meet the priest i forget his name i I just like (laughs) pushed all the adults out of my head Dimitri's the only important one
1: yeah so um any any initial thoughts about any of these folks from from these hokers
0: mia is a typical high school bitch
1: yeah although i will say the way they characterize her the way rose characterizes her Mm -hmm. just so repetitively i I didn't count, but just in these eight chapters, the number of times that she refers to Mia as a child. Yeah. Like talking about how she looks like a baby doll, how she should go back to the elementary school. Um, I think at one know, point it, she
0: tells her to put her soother back in her mouth or something like that. Oh, she did. It's, yeah, Rose is so mean to her. Like Mia is mean, too. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But Rose is so mean back. Like as an adult in my 30s, I'm just like. Ugh. Yeah, no. but
1: it's like it's even in her in her internal thoughts because yeah. she had a thought like, well, she can't actually be that much younger than we are because I'm sure Aaron didn't turn into a pedophile while we were gone. Yeah, like that was an internal thought for her. Um, So it's it's bad that she's ironic like this. coming from
0: from <laughs> anyways. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess slight spoilers, but I mean, nothing you won't pick up on.
1: Yeah. So I would say out of all of these people, mm-hmm. me is the one I hate the most. Christian's the one that I am most intrigued by. We should talk about
0: Christian, actually, because they give us a little bit of his backstory. And so he's a Maroi who has fire as his elemental magic. And through sort of learning about um, his backstory, we also learn how Strigoi are made. And there's a couple different
1: ways. And I only remember the way that his parents were made. Shit. Well, you tell everybody that one and I'll tell everybody the other one.
0: Um. So somehow some Maroi can choose to become Strigoi. Mm hmm and they that, do, do they have to drink someone until they're dead? Yes, they have to willingly kill. They have to willingly kill somebody by drinking their blood. So snapping mm-hmm. somebody's neck, that's fine. But if they drink someone's blood until they're empty, then they become a strigoi. And Christian's parents chose to do that to become strigoi.
1: Is it really that? Is it Hang on. I just I remember it being they have to choose to willingly kill, but I don't remember that they had to like completely drain them. They have to drink someone until they die. I guess
0: they can still have some blood in them.
1: Um, the other way is if you're bitten by a Strigoi. There were two...
0: Oh, I had it in my head that there were three ways to make Strigoi. Strigoi, Strigoi could forcibly turn humans, vampires, or Maroi with a single bite. Oh, mm-hmm. just one bite. That's easy. Um, Maroi, tempted by the promise of immortality, could become Strigoi by choice if they purposely
1: killed another person while feeding. While oh, feeding, okay. while feeding.
0: So I guess yeah. you can do whatever you want to them as long as you're...
1: That's weird. So it's, it is a combination of drinking their blood and killing. Yeah. So, okay. Um, And that's what happened to Christian's parents. They chose to become
0: Strigoi. And I find that that makes him the most interesting person here now.
1: Right? And so, like, we get this whole conversation between him and Lissa about how the reason he spends so much time around the chapel is so that people see that he's not evil like his parents were. Mm-hmm. Because he's followed by this stigma of what his parents did. And, like, people whisper about him that— well, he's probably going to do the same thing. And he's a loner outcast. He's your typical early knots emo boy. And absolutely.
0: I love it. And I love that Lissa is so intrigued by him. And Rose is like, no, stay away from him. He's bad news because Rose hates anyone who talks to Lyssa. I'm pretty sure they oh need God, to be pre-approved so by Rose before they yeah. get
1: to talk to Lissa. Yes, 100%.
0: So basically, Uh-oh. Rose is, uh, uh, Liz is, allowed to talk to Natalie and Aaron, and that's it. And Natalie's on thin ice. Why is Natalie on thin ice?
1: Oh, Rose just finds her kind of annoying because she talks so oh. much. Yeah, but Natalie is the one that she wants her to hang around because she's kind of under the radar. Nobody else pays attention to her. She's yeah. mousy and not popular. Yeah. So Rose is trying to keep them out of everybody's eye and just kind of like, keep our head down and just get through this shit. And then we don't have to worry about these people anymore.
0: Yes. Though apparently when they were 14 or
1: whatever before, they were very popular. And lots of parties. And my high school experience was not that. Oh, yeah. And mine wasn't either. But I'm also a book nerd. Yeah, me too. I'm the one reading the books, not in the books. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I just can't
0: imagine being 14, 15 at parties. Like that was the last thing I wanted. And also I was a child. Right. You know,
1: I can't imagine. But,
0: but of I'm, course, we didn't think of ourselves
1: as children back then. No, we that's thought we true. were so grown that's up. True. So.
0: And yeah, all, like we said, many different experiences in high school. Yeah. Um. So just quickly, then there's Mason, who seems to be a good friend of Rose's. They train together. Uh, Aaron is Alyssa's ex boyfriend, who's now seeing Mia, the young one, the young looking one. So that's a thing. I don't know. And then Jesse's a Moroi who only seems to exist to flirt with Rose. But Rose likes it. Rose does like it because she is the reckless one.
1: She is. They also, we almost named our podcast this right right in the first couple of pages. They called her wild and disrespectful. Yes, we did almost go with that. We did. And then Dimitri calls her reckless several times. Um, it's it's definitely a running theme, at least in these eight chapters. I don't really see it getting better. I do enjoy how we
0: see Dimitri, like, grudgingly respect Rose, though. Mm-hmm. He's like the only adult
1: who will look at her with anything
0: other than disdain because
1: he recognizes the drive and passion that she has for protecting lissa and he yeah. also recognizes that while she did get lucky she did keep lissa alive for two years yeah um but but she did get lucky so yes she did and on that note we also
0: have to, we didn't talk about the bond between rose and lissa other than briefly mentioning it at the beginning with the nightmare so rose can feel lissa's emotions and can sometimes be, like, dragged into her point of view in her mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, I think this is an interesting writing technique because it it's a first-person point of view book. But because she put this in as a plot device, it also gives us these scenes from Lissa's points of view mm-hmm. when Rose isn't there. So yes. I, I think that that was just very smartly done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, um, while well, everybody knows that, like, bonds between guardians... And Moroi have existed in the past. They haven't existed for a while. And nobody seems to know why
1: they exist or how it happens. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And all we know is that this bond between Lissa and um, Rose started around two years ago. Right. Which was right around the time of, quote, unquote, the accident. Yes. we don't really know anything other than there was an accident. Well, we know that... Uh, Lisa's brother and parents died in the accident. Did we learn that in these eight
0: chapters? I'm pretty darn sure we did. Okay, but and Rose and Lisa were also there and they survived because Rose talks about how somebody said she shouldn't have survived. And pretty. That's right. That's I didn't right. read ahead and I had this in my head, so I'm sure okay. it was in these chapters. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah no, you're right. Um, Lisa was. Rose is talking about how Lisa was screaming for her to wake up, for everybody to wake up, but Rose is the only one that did. Yes. Um. So yeah, there was an accident and that happened.
0: And also that was, like, near when they left because Lyssa didn't feel safe. And also something else is sort of maybe happened with a raven.
1: Yeah, it's very fuzzy. Like, they keep alluding to why they left, but they never come out and say it. Yeah. Even when we're just in Rose's thoughts. Yeah. Um, Which I guess kind of makes sense because in Rose's internal dialogue, like, she's not going to explicitly say things that she already knows. But, like, we don't know. And I guess... Rochelle Mead doesn't want us to know yet. Yeah. So. Lissa didn't feel safe. She she felt like she was being followed. hmm And um, beyond that, there's not really a lot that we know about why they left. Yeah. I don't know if I think this works because when
0: you're in a first person, you're in somebody's head, you should know what they know. But obviously Rochelle Mead wants to slowly reveal this to us. Mm-hmm. Which is not it's not well done in a first person point of view, I don't think. Like just in general, I don't think anybody can do it very well.
1: Yeah, it feels convoluted. It
0: feels stupid. <laughs> like, why wouldn't we just know what she knows?
1: Right. But whatever. So yeah, no nobody knows. And then so we've got that. Like there there's the initial mystery of why did they run? Why didn't they want to come back? Yeah. Why was Rose insisting that she did keep Lissa safe when The people at the Academy couldn't, Mm -hmm. and the headmistress had no idea what she was talking about, and Rose wouldn't elaborate. But then we get this whole thing with the dead fox yeah, in Lissa's bed, which is horrifying. Like, if I found a dead fox in my bed—I mean, Mm -hmm. this is some Godfather-level stuff, right? Yeah, no, I don't like it. And it was, like,
0: open, wasn't it?
1: Or no? Its throat had been slit, and the inside was pink and jelly-like. Ooh. So, um— that's when we get the memory that something happened with a raven, but we don't know what happened with that raven.
0: Yes, but we do get that um, Lisa loves animals and loves to take care of them. And so mm-hmm. this was particularly upsetting for her.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and we have no idea who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, lots of rumors start flying around when people finally realized they should ask Lyssa how she survived. For two years, where was she getting her blood from? Yeah. And, of course, Rose lied and said it's so easy to find human feeders. Um, And I think some people bought that story, but not everybody did. I think the only person who hasn't bought it is Christian. Well, he's probably the only one who's actually spent time out with humans. Yeah. But he did, he swears he won't tell anybody. And then um, I know that something happens where Christian defended them, but I don't remember what it oh, was. Oh, yes.
0: So after the fox thing... uh. Rumors just went around the whole school and people were saying bad things to Lissa about it. And then Rose was yelling at whomsoever it was that was saying bad things. Some friend Ralph. of Mia's or oh Ralph, what a name. His name was Ralph. I shouldn't say that. Somebody might be named Ralph. Um But it's pretentious Ralph because it's R A L F. Oh. I was listening to the audiobook, so I did not see the spelling. Oh yeah, no, it's R A L F. That's terrible. <laughs> But then Christian uses his magic to cast uh, like flames around Ralph. So it looks Mm -hmm. like he's on fire, but he doesn't actually get hurt. And then Christian gets suspended for a week because they're not supposed to use offensive magic or ever use their
1: magic against other Moroi. But I mean, come on, is it really actually offensive if it doesn't do anything except scare him?
0: Well, I think that just goes to show that Christian is really, really good. Yeah, right. With his magic.
1: Well, and they even talk about that, though, because nobody had ever seen somebody create a fire that didn't burn anything. Yeah. I mean, that was something that that, that, at least Rose said that. Um, So I don't know if that was true for everybody else watching. But Rose said she had never heard of that um, from her perspective. But I liked Christian defending them, even if Rose still doesn't like him. Sometimes I want to slap Rose for two reasons.
0: One, recognize allies better. Two wake up, you're stuck in this shitty system. Like, uh, yeah, but she's young. She's brainwashed. It's fine.
1: She is. And I, I think that Rochelle Meade is very consistent with her character in that way at this yeah. point in the book. Yeah. Um. Like we're reading this going, Rose, come on, be smarter. But Rose is a high school girl. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if she's a girl or not. She's in high school. She's young, you know, and she's just starting to figure out that the system doesn't always protect you the way that you're taught it is. Yeah. So anyway, um yeah, we end this uh eight chapter section with after Rose has begrudgingly thanked Christian and told Lissa, I'm glad he, you know, defended us or whatever, but still don't hang out with him. If I was <laughs> Basically <Lisa? laughs> ordering her. Yeah. I would hang out with
0: him harder if somebody tried to do that with me.
1: Well, but the thing is, she does. Yeah. Um, So, well, I guess technically we don't know that because the way this chapter ends is uh, Rose feels Lissa being sneaky in her head. And is like, I wonder why Lissa's being sneaky. I should check. And then, like tries to figure out how to force like to make herself be in Liss's head because she's never been able to control it before it's always just happened when Liss is really emotional yes again this- an-
0: another thing like we have this ability
1: maybe i should test it out and
0: <laughs> see what it can do
1: yeah no no they would not ne- they they would never do that why would they do oh, that oh my god <laughs> we had
0: 2 years by ourselves where we could have thought about this and taken whatever Whatever.
1: Yeah, I think this bothers me just a little bit because like Rose has already told us that neither one of them like the experience, mm-hmm. but Lissa herself explicitly hates it because it's an invasion of her privacy. Yep. And it's so, like when it happens because Rose can't control it, like I don't fault her for that. But she is choosing to try and make that happen here because yeah. I get her reasoning. She wants to make sure Lissa's okay, but There are other ways to do that than betraying your friend.
0: Absolutely. In fact, you could just have a good conversation with her about Christian instead of just saying no. Right. But I do think that they have to figure this all out on their own still. So that's fair.
1: Yeah. The last thing that we really haven't talked about very much is Dimitri and... Rose's training.
0: Yes. So Rose got to stay at the school because Dimitri sort of spoke up for her and said that he would take on the responsibility of giving her extra training mm-hmm. to help her get caught up with the other guardians or guardians in training. Right. So that's what she's doing. Basically, every spare moment that she has, She's training with Dimitri.
1: And apparently it sucks real bad and it hurts your muscles. <laughs> yes. She's been in <laughs> pain for most of these chapters. Right. I mean, that's what people tell me whenever you work out and like exercise real hard that it mm-hmm. hurts. But you know, I don't do those things. So
0: I used to run like every day, but I hated every single second of it. So I stopped. I hate running
1: just as much as Rose does. But I do appreciate like that she asks Dimitri, why am I running and not like weight training or doing combat techniques? And he, like, basically brings her around to this idea of what do you do if you, if you were at the mall right now with Lissa and you met a stragoy, what would you do? And, like, mm-hmm. she starts listing off all of the things that you're supposed to do to kill them. But she doesn't have a silver stake. She doesn't have a weapon that could behead them. Like, she doesn't have anything. She can't start a fire. She's, you know, yeah. like, what would she actually do? And he's like, you run. And so he is training her to run. He's also training her in combat as well. But he's also making sure that if they get into a situation that they can get out of it. Now, but here's the thing.
0: No one's training Lissa to run. So Rose is just either taking her up or leaving her behind.
1: Right. But, you know, Rose said that, though. She's like, I, you know, what does it matter if Lissa can't run this fast? And Dimitri says something like, she'll be fine if she's with you.
0: Yeah. Hand waves and so I'm way. assuming
1: that he, it, it's its very hand wavy, but it's like, you know, Rose will just pick her up and take her. It's kind of how I imagine. Just throw her over your shoulder and run. It's just it just makes me shake my head more. Like, why aren't they training the Moroi to look after themselves? Oh, I know. That's a Ugh. huge thing. Like they're learning about ancient poetry when they could be learning to fight also. With like, their I get... fire magic or their water magic or. <sighs> right. Yeah. No, 100 percent. Um, it's definitely, there's definitely a lot of classism in this. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's not even about wealth. I mean, some of it is definitely about wealth because you've got like the royal families and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's also about, I don't know the appropriate word here. Is it species? I think it's
0: I, species. I think it's kind of about like almost blood purism, which is real shitty. Uh, like, yeah, actually. Because the Maroi are like purely Moroi and the Dampir are, are ha- not. you know? Like, yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. I genuinely don't remember, like, I know that the society and the way it works is dived into a bit in this series, but I don't remember how deep and how how much criticism it receives, but I hope it's a lot because it's real shit.
1: I can say confidently that there are things about this culture and society that get upended and completely changed by the end of the series. Yes. Okay. I thought so. I was, I'm, it's just been so long. That's, that's all I'm going to say, but- yes. Um, You know, all in all, I think that these eight chapters were a good introduction to the book and to at least to our main characters, yeah, Rose and Lyssa and even Dimitri. Like, we don't learn a lot about Dimitri personally, Mm -hmm. but we get his work ethic and we get his seriousness and why, like, how committed he is to his purpose, which is being a guardian, right? And I also
0: liked that he wasn't, like— him sticking up for Rose because she would be a good guardian, not because he wanted to be involved in, like, the politics of the school. Right. And so you get that he's just there to be a good guardian.
1: Mm-hmm. And I do like that about him. Yes, very much so. Oh, you know what? We You know what we haven't talked about yet mm-hmm. and we do need to mention because it is going to be a running thread in the book mm-hmm. is this idea of shadow kissed Anna. Oh, right. From the priest. Yes. So
0: rose is in church because that's one of the ways that she can get out of her dorm a little bit more and she hears the priest mention shadow kissed anna who was a guardian and she sort of looks into her a little bit more and gets the suspicion that anna and her vampire what was his name was it vladimir
1: yeah it's saint vladimir yeah okay saint vladimir
0: there's some wording in a book about them that's that implies that they also had a bond like Rose and mm-hmm. Lissa
1: do. So I think we want to look into that a little bit more and see see what's up there. Yeah. And I mean, given that book three in the series is called Shadow Kissed, I'm I, I feel like it probably means something. Probably. Yes, probably. Um. So that's just something to keep an eye out on. So I think that is chapters one to eight.
0: Join us next time for chapters nine to
1: 17 is that 16 math? sure 16 9 to 16 yeah
0: but okay. like 9 plus 8 is 17 but i guess if including 9 yeah okay okay, okay. Sixteen. <clears throat> um yes so join us next time for chapters 9 to 16 in the meantime you can reach out to us on twitter at loyaltybloodpod or email us at loyaltyandbloodpod at gmail.com I'm Caitlin, and you can follow me and find my other shows on Twitter at inferior Caitlin, And you can also see what I'm
1: reading over on Instagram at InferiorKateReads. And I am Mandy Kay, and you can find this show and all of the other Eloquent Gushing shows at EloquentGushing.com. I highly, highly recommend you guys check out the Marvelous podcast right now. It's some of our friends talking about, like, the MCU, and they've just started talking about uh, She-Hulk, and it's going to be really fun. They're great. I enjoy them. Go check those out. Um, We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing, or you can just reach out to me on Twitter at Mandy K. And we'll see you next time.